Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real. And Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. for the wild penalty shot to tie the game Blast it oh, oh my what a shot Fiala Kaprizov scores the thrill breaks the seal and Minnesota wins in overtime you're listening to the wild takes podcast presented by 10,000 takes Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my plain old-fashioned, attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how the hell are you, buddy? Hey, we're doing good, man. Another Wednesday comes and uh, another softball game canceled, which isn't the worst thing in the world for the 10K boys because we are awful yet again this year. So, Yeah, you're, uh, you're wild. It's a practice about, day, uh, but pretty terrible. Your wild take about uh, beating last year's yeah. win total is, is is looking a little rough. Yeah, there are two teams I think we can we can beat in this league, and unfortunately, the one time we played uh, the one team we can definitely beat, uh, I was gone because I decided mm. to watch the Wild. And oh, that's uh, fair. You made the right decision. Oh yeah, they won that game too. So obviously, <laughs> right decision. No, yeah, you definitely made the right decision then. Um, well, Hey, before we, uh, before we get into it, um, just want to take a, a, a quick sec and say that all of the bullshit happening with Nazem Kadri, uh, with the blues fans and everything is really stupid. Uh, it feels stupid that this needs to be said, but, um, you know, don't fucking threaten people with like for, for how they play a game and also like, don't be racist. Yeah, I mean, it's quite easy to not be a racist asshole. 
Can you hate some of the stuff Kadri's done on the ice in the past? Yes. Can you do that without being a racist asshole? Also, yes. Yeah. And like Craig Berube, Craig Berube, like after the, after the game where all the fans started sending him death threats and everything um, before the, before the game four, uh, he said no comment, you know, to everything. And then afterwards today uh, or earlier after that, he came out and clarified, he was like, Hey guys, I want you to know, um, it's I, I I knew that he was getting threatened, but I don't think that they should have been threatening him racistly. Basically, is 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 what yeah. he said. The the whole quote. Let me pull it up because the the exact quote is just ridiculous. It's very very stupid. Yeah. So he says just before any questions, I want to address my comment on my note. I want to comment on my no comment the other day. I'm not on social media. I was aware that a threat was made to Nazem, not the racist stuff. And in no way is that acceptable by the St. Louis Blues or anybody else for him to have to go through that. Being a Native American myself, I've heard it all. I've been around it. It's not a good thing. And so I just wanted to get that out there that there's no room for it anywhere. It's kind of a bold decision to be like, hey, I knew that these people were sending threats, but I draw the line in my silence at racism because I am a Native American. Yeah. I mean, just some of the shit. And, and my favorite thing is uh, some, some one of the people who said some awful things that was put on blast, their, like, mom or sibling was, like, DMing <laughs> uh, people saying, hey, can you take this down, please? Because it's really – he was drunk when he did it, and, you know, it is – Wow. He was drunk, and this isn't good a good look on him. No shit. Uh, no shit it's not a good look on him, you fucking moron. Um, probably I've said some pretty stupid a, things when I've been right. Drunk. I have uh, right. never made a racist death threat towards anybody. Yeah, so let's just say that you can you can DM him and say, "Hey, I hate you. Don't <laughs> I hate you because you hurt Justin Falk last year. I hate you because you blah blah blah." Don't say you hate him because of the fucking color of his skin and yeah. all this other shit that they're saying to him is just. Yeah, where was he on 9-11? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's just awful, man. That's, it doesn't need to be said to anybody, especially because he's playing a fucking man's game. Like, I mean, yeah, God. and it's just, yeah, it's just Ooh, like... The shit they say is just... Really just stupid mean. ways to rehash dumb, old, racist tropes and stereotypes. And nobody is... Nobody is even, like, attempting to be, like... I, I mean, I guess it's a oxymoron to say, like clever with it but like yeah everybody is just being like i'm just gonna throw out some slurs and then say f you it's like okay well whatever you say right idiot my favorite are the ones where like i shouldn't say favorite but you know what i mean where it's like they'll be like hey like you know like slur 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 that i'm definitely not going to say on this podcast um but then like they have no problem calling uh nazim kadri like the n-word but when it comes to uh, when it comes to saying the F word in the same thing, they start it out. So it'll be like, Hey, yeah. you stupid yeah. yep. N word or whatever. Yep. Um, and then it's F star CKU. It's like, wow, that's yeah. It's amazing where people draw the line at. Well, it's funny. Cause they have some fucking scumbag David Perron in their team. It's like, and <laughs> Chen doing fucking dumb shit all series long against the wild. Yeah. And then Shin 
David Perron, the bullshit he pulled, cross-checking him in the back and then cross-checking him and jumping on top, trying to elbow him after he scores a goal. There is no room for that in hockey. You are a no, you got to cut that shit out. You're a bum. Yeah. Fuck David Perron and fuck Braden Shen all together. Those two suck. On that note, let's uh, move on to some good things with our stick taps of the week. Yes. Um, and uh, I ha- I want to go first because my stick tap is just the entire battle of Alberta. Um, the whole series has been absolutely incredible. It's given us everything that we thought and hoped that the Blues Colorado series would be, uh, which like has not been a bad series, but it definitely hasn't been a good series. Uh, right. At least not what we were you know thinking and hoping for. Um, but as we're recording this, the, uh, the game four is finished and that had two of the funniest goals I've ever seen in my entire life. That first goal that Edmonton scored, which was basically a Jacob Markstrom own goal. And then, (laughs) and then the game tying goal by Rasmus Anderson from the, like his own defensive zone, he clears the puck and it goes right on net. And Mike Smith just like, didn't see it, I guess. And then blamed his defenseman. Got up. Yeah, he tries to blame his defenseman. And then, like his postseason comments are actually pretty. Or post game comments are actually pretty funny. He was basically like, "I guess I can say this." Like now that, like you know, we won, but um, that was kind of embarrassing, huh? We're like, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, if you, I know you're not a huge college hockey guy, but maybe you were back in the day when um, North Dakota against the Gophers had a goal very similar to that, only it was behind their own net. They cleared it, it skipped twice, and went by, I want to say, Kellen Briggs. Oh, no. It was Briggs at the time, literally from behind their own red line. Like, he cleared it full ice on a penalty kill. It bounced twice, skipped over his blocker, and in. (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. That's probably the only other time I've seen a goal similar to that. I, I have never seen a goal like that before in hockey. Especially I do want to comment level. on the Battle of Alberta. I think it's pretty much proven. I have been on the record saying the Oilers are not very good at all. And I think if they play Colorado in the next round, they're going to get fucking stomped in. Um, I thought Calgary was going to stomp them in. But, hey, my take about the Pacific being awful is just flat out true, dude. I, <laughs> I mean, this division is so piss poor. You got two, you got the Blues and Wild. And I know this is a wild podcast, so this may be homerish. You got the Blues and Wild playing in the first round on the other side of the bracket when either one of those would have walked through the Pacific Division bracket. I don't oh, care. for sure. They, 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 they're walking through. So not only did we get Blues Wild, you're getting Blues Colorado, two series that could have easily been the Western Conference Finals, and you're getting them in the first and second round. So congrats, NHL. Let's take a fucking look at the playoff uh, format and maybe do some slight changes because this is ridiculous counterpoint ridiculous counterpoint to that uh the battle of alberta it being in like a second oh, yeah, round it's, it's awesome. is such a good series that like it almost makes the playoff format work it's fu- yes it's a great series <laughs> it's got all it's had it all it's crazy too because like the oilers <sighs> are up 3-1 in the series as we're recording this and it's like it doesn't really feel like that you no. know it feels like a pretty even series. And yet the Oilers, you know, I still think it's going to go seven. I pick flames in seven and I'm well, not even just yeah. saying that to like, hold on to my take. I still think that like the way that this series has gone, I could totally see. I think it's either going to go in seven or, or Calgary is going to lose like this next one. Like, I don't think Calgary is going to lose in six. I don't think Calgary loses at home in the next one. That's I don't I- think so either. That's why I think, and I think they're going to get all that momentum back. We'll see though. I mean, they could have got some momentum back 
uh, after game, or they could have had all the momentum in game two if they just, you know, hold on to a little bit of a lead there, two nothing early in the game. Yeah, could, or if or if they don't immediately yeah. let in uh, a power play goal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was dumb. McDavid's filthy. He's just too good. He's showing right now he can carry a team in the playoffs, so that's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, he, him and uh, Evander Kane have been playing lights out. I, I mean, Drysaitel, and I'm not going to say he's been a non-factor because that's just a dumb comment, but he hasn't been as good as he normally is, and they're still winning games. So, I mean, yeah. no problem. All right. Well, what's your uh, stick tap for? Uh... I am playing the villain, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going for their three peat, but that's not why they're my stick tap. They proved my take on the Panthers. I mean, I, I said it very early in the season after the Wild lost to them. I was like, this is a very good hockey team. They're high-flying. They score goals. But that ain't playoff hockey. <laughs> when it gets to the playoffs, I, I could see them fizzling out. They almost lost yeah. to Washington, which is not a great hockey team, in round one. And they got swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning minus Braden Point. So, case in point there, Panthers, frauds. Say take that for what you will, but a second point to why they're my stick tap. They cause the Leafs more pain, which allows me to troll <laughs> more on this podcast. I've been trolling the Leafs because they are like the Eastern Conference Wild, basically. It's really true, yeah. Out of the first round a few times where they've like lost six in a row, whatever it is. Um I think it's up to eight now. They're giving me some uh actually it might be even <laughs> I think the have lost quite a few first round matchups in a row now. Same with them. But it just gives me more fuel because I got to troll someone. I can't troll my team. So right. Yeah. Exactly. I got to troll the Eastern Conference version. And I don't hate the Leafs by any you know stretch of the imagination. I wanted them to win that first round series, but I knew they weren't. I mean, yeah. just, I knew they weren't. When they were up three two, he had Dom from the Athletic basically right in the series off, and I was just laughing. <laughs> I was just like, "Yep." Yeah, that's not gonna happen. And nope, it was very funny. Oh, um, Tampa. Yeah, well, let's move everybody. on. What's your uh, what's your cup clink this week? A cup clink is going to be Christian Bale is got uh, Gore the God Butcher. Um, yeah, man. There was a few people. I don't know. I just saw tweets saying that eh, the action figure doesn't look too good. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like the action figure doesn't look too good. You know, like on the screen, it's going to be a bad look. I'm like, how old are we here? Let's just wait till we actually see what he looks like. And it did not disappoint. I think. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give. A, yeah. It, it. I mean, everything about that trailer, just from they changed the line a tad from the comics, where it's like all gods must die to all gods will die. So I think that gives it a little extra. You know, oh, he's going to kill every single god in this movie, and I hope Russell Crowe's Zeus first. I think it'd be uh, amazing. I think it'd be yeah, great. it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining. That's for sure. Uh, I'm really excited that that comic uh, run is one of the it's one of my favorite comic runs, period. Uh, the, the Aaron. Uh, uh, what I almost said Aaron Paul. Why am I blanking on the, the writer's name? Jason Aaron. Uh, Jason <laughs> Aaron's uh, Jason Aaron's uh, gore God of Thunder run from the I want to say like 2012 ish. Era time it was it was terrific it's such a good run and that's what they're that's what all this is based off of i gotta admit i was a little nervous about what gore was gonna look like when we didn't see him at all in the first trailer but uh um, yeah now we have seen him and i cannot fucking wait it can't get here soon enough uh my cup clink this week is also uh, about yeah. movies um 
This time I want to give a cup clink to Tom Cruise specifically for single-handedly saving cinema over the uh, the next year between Top Gun Maverick, which is coming out tomorrow, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 coming out next year, which also, fun fact, sets a, has got to set the record for most colons in a movie title, like, ever. Because um, there's there's a whole bunch of colons whole bunch of colons in that i can't wait the mission impossible movies are just like increasingly more and more batshit crazy and they're they rock so hard and i have been waiting to see top gun maverick for like four years it feels like (laughs) you're actually right on that colon part holy shit i didn't even notice that we in there what in the world yeah, no, but yeah, and then so Tom Cruise goes on this whole like rant about how like his movies are never going to go direct to streaming because uh, he believes in the movie theater experience, which like hell yeah, man, that's awesome. Who do- movie theaters rock? Tom Cruise, God bless, it's terrific. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Movie theaters do rock. Now we do need to talk about Kevin, and I don't mean that really weird movie with uh, Ezra Miller and Tilda Swinton. I'm obviously talking about Kevin Fiala. So despite Billy G's numerous podcast and radio appearances over the last week saying that Kevin Fiala isn't like for sure going to be traded, we can all kind of read the line, read between the lines. It, it, it definitely feels inevitable. And like, you know, knowing us, we'll probably do this entire segment and then totally like reverse mush it. Uh, but for all we know, Kevin Fiala is not going to be a member of the Minnesota Wild uh in the next season so you know it's not looking super likely so uh zuch and i have independently come up with uh two different trade possibilities for um you know what that's going to look like and we're just going to throw them out and discuss so uh zuch why don't you go first all right well my first one is going to be kevin fiala in pick 23 to 27, whichever our first round pick is going to be, because we don't know what it is yet, to the Devils for their number two overall pick. And that's it. It's going to be a flat trade because uh-huh. I think uh, this draft is pretty solid up front. The The Wild at two can draft two players I'm very high on, Matthew Savoy and uh, Logan Cooley. So, I mean, either yeah. one of those two. A, a very, very, very good prospect for them to have waiting in the wings at center and futuristic down the road, having Cooley Rossi as your one and two punch uh, down the middle with Kaprizov, Boldy, shit, Beckman, any of these guys coming up in the wings. And I say Beckman for a reason. You guys will see a little bit later. Um, yeah, I think that could work out for the, the wild in the long run. And I like that one a lot. I Okay, that's interesting. So like, the, the tricky thing with this exercise is that like it's really really hard to put like a value on with futures mm-hmm. like i have no idea i i really have no idea what this you know the value of a second the second overall pick is i know that going into the seat you know going into the off season uh the steelers or Steelers, the uh, devil's front office had been talking about um being willing to trade their first round pick for an impact player that can help them win in the short term. So it's hard to say for sure. And like, I think that they also don't want to totally blow up their system, you know, like obviously they're not going to like trade like Jack Hughes away, you know, or some other young kid that's like playing really well. That's not going to happen. Um, But if you look at the, 
if you look at the the Devils lineup, where they struggle the most is they can't seem to score consistently against good teams, and their goaltending is a hot mess, just an absolute hot mess. So my trade is very similar to yours. It's uh, Kevin Fiala and Cam Talbot for number two overall, but it also is going to send back. Uh, I just picked a random, I picked their third ranked prospect that hasn't played in the NHL. His name is Tice Thompson. Um, it, it could be somebody else. I guess I really don't know, but I picked You're just saying Tyson. a prospect, some prospect. It's going to be like, a, it's going to be like, not their like top prospects, but it's going to be that like second, like either like a lower top tier or like a, um, like a higher second tier prospect, like a, a number three through five prospect. It's going to be a kid. That's going to be pretty good. I like Tyce Thompson the most. Uh, and I think he's probably the one that they're most willing to part with because he has been, um, going through I think he's had a couple of injuries this year uh no that sorry I was thinking of a different kid that I was looking at uh while I was looking for this but anyway Tice Thompson sure maybe it's somebody else but it'll be interesting to see I think that um that knocks off two things for the wild and also two things for the devils it makes both teams better both short-term and long-term so I think that one actually has potential to get done okay yeah um, this one, my second one is, uh, I don't know. It's not my favorite, but it's just one I came up with because I thought they'd accept it. So we got Kalen Addison and Kevin Fiala mm-hmm. going to the Senators for the seventh overall pick in Chris Tierney. So Tierney, you may ask. <laughs> <laughs> he's an aging center. He's 27, but he's played, let's see here. Eight years in the NHL. Yeah. Points of 48. He's hovered around 40 for a couple seasons. Played a couple of brutal years with Ottawa, but they have had they they've put him on lines with nobody on it. So they've been bad, yeah. They've been bad. I don't know. It's a player that interests me because he look he doesn't play any defense at all. So I don't think <laughs> but I think his offensive ability could get better playing around guys that the wild have. And I know his name was thrown out there. The last time the Senators and Wild rumors came up, so obviously there might be some interest there for the Wild. That's interesting, but so, I just don't. I, the The reason I throw Kalen Addison in there is because then it makes it more likely to. I think we'll get the seven either way, but Kalen Addison wasn't given the shot this year. We had injuries. We had, I mean, all the time for him to come up and play with us. And I don't, I, I just don't think Billy G is very high on him. I think he's going to be so, looking to partners with them. I don't know, but. I'm kind of, I don't really know anything that's going on behind the scenes. I just don't think Kalen Addison has a spot on this team. So interesting. I, um, so I listened to Billy G come up on to, <clears throat> excuse me, he came on to, um, Russo's, uh, athletic podcast and he did talk about, uh, Kalen Addison. And he basically said that, um, it's going to be on, Addison to make the team, but he does think that next year he's going to play a lot for the Minnesota wild. Okay. Uh, I had written well, it down. <laughs> I had written. Yeah. I had written the quote down, but I can't seem to find it. Well, there's that. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to immediately shut you down. Uh, hey, that's fine. I just, I mean, well, that's see what's interesting to me is you're basically wall. trading Kalen Addison for Chris Tierney. 
right? Well, essentially, I don't. I don't think. I think that's giving up too much. I think the Senators absolutely take that. Um, I just threw Chris Tierney in there because that was the name that was floated initially when they yeah. had Kevin Fiala out there, and I threw Kalen Addison in there. I mean, it could easily just you could take Kalen Addison out of that deal, and I think the Sens still. <laughs> I do too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I think you're. I think you're overpaying for for that, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I know, like Billy. And like I said, Addison is another undersized defenseman that we, the Wild already have one of that we're paying seven and a half mil per. So right. I, I mean, everyone talks about wanting to get bigger on the blue line, and I don't think Addison's the way to get bigger on the blue line. He doesn't help get better, bigger, but he can help you get better. Um, yeah, but and and he's supposed to be a, a power play, you know. Menace. I think, yeah, if, if you put him on as your power play quarterback and then all of a sudden, you know, that, that gives Spurgeon a little bit less to do, which is good for his just like general. Yeah, but are we pulling Spurgeon off the power play? No, it, no, no, no. I'm saying you put whoever. Are you pulling Dumba and Brodeen off the power Like, I just don't see where he slots in on this power play quite yet. I think Brodeen probably would get taken off if they try and just commit to creating offense on the power Personally, play. Personally, okay. Maybe an awful take. I don't – I just – I wish there was a world where Billy Guerin wasn't so obsessed with Matt Dumba. I mean, I like Matt Dumba. I think he's a good defenseman. I just don't get the obsession over him. He's he, – I've so watched that was, that Kyle was for many the, years here, and yeah. he's just been he's, – he's made plays, completely fucked us over so many times. Game game four is an example. There's yeah. a game – Years ago with uh with with Winnipeg where he just completely fumbled a puck, walked over it, and they walked in and scored the game winning goal. He fell down in the playoffs in game six on the power play where he's backpedaling, falls down, lets them get a two on one. And that's just three examples. There's been so many boneheaded plays that this guy has made in his own end. I don't get the comment where he's like, That's a very good defensive defenseman or whatever. Whatever he said with uh, Dan Burke. I just I don't agree with that. He's I think not, he brings I... you way more value on the offensive side of the ice. I agree with that. That's why I don't see him coming off the power play. Maybe Brodeen. But yeah. even that, Brodeen's such a great skater that if they have these turnovers that Dumba makes more times than not, he's able to get back and protect him on the back. Because he's so, such a good skater and he's, I don't know. I'm just not so high on Matt Dumba as I guess our GM is, which is his job, not mine, and that's probably a reason for that. But I just – I like I like Dumba. Like that's making me realize – I like Dumba definitely more than you do and definitely more than I would say your your thoughts are probably more in line with the general Minnesota Wild fan base. Um, it feels like every year for the last four or five years, the offseason comes and everybody's like, so we're going to trade Matt Dumba probably, right? Got to right. free up some spots for, you know, whoever to come up on the blue line or whatever. So, you know, I don't – Dumba's also only got, I think, one more year at, uh, at 6 true. million. So, yeah, and don't get me wrong here. Like I'm, I like Matt Dumba, but I don't love Matt Dumba. I think he makes some plays. I think he gets injured a lot. I think he's out for big games a lot. I don't know, man. I wish they went to brought him back. So injured this postseason because of my opinions might've changed a little bit. I mean, that seemed like the perfect time. He's to have Kalen Addison play minutes. You had him play minutes against fucking Vegas last year. Are you yeah. Vegas? Is uh is, is hey, a team than than St. Louis was? He definitely. I mean, Kalen Addison definitely wasn't getting into this season because if 
I hate to say this, but like I just I just know that this is how it would have gone if Matt Demba couldn't have played or cho- they looked at him and basically said your chest has collapsed, you cannot play. Um, Jordy Benton would have been in. I just that's how or it been Kulikov, done. which who was awful. Well, Kul- I mean, Kulikov, Kulikov was terrible, so he'll. I see. I don't know. It, Kulikov was really really bad. It was just a, it was kind of the worst case scenario there. I think just like he's he's injured. We get two defensemen that aren't. I mean, Kulikov was fine this year. But he's more of another offensive guy, I feel like. He's he's better when he jumps up in the play, is making offensive plays. He's not great playing defense, which is what we need. Yeah. I agree that I think that we need to get bigger up the blue line. I think Jacob Middleton helps with that a lot. Yes. Um, and, like, I mean, there's no chance. Like, he'll definitely be back next year. I know he's an RFA. Um, but like, you know, when you talk to Billy G and they asked him about like flower, he's like, yeah, we'd love to have flower back. You ask him about Delore. He's like, yeah, we'd love to have D'Lo back. You ask him about Middleton. He's like, oh, he'll be back. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's good. And then, I mean, you have a top four of, you know, probably Spurgeon Middleton, Brodine Dumba, and then your bottom pair is two of Addison, Goligoski, Kulikov. Well, another reason why the Goligoski signing Merrill too. No that's the fourth. Me now. <laughs> I think. I think. I think that we're gonna see almost like a baseball pitching rotation happen with Good some gosh. of the blue liners next year because we went into this playoffs and I think I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if we carry eight D men on the roster next year. That of course does make the assumption that like Merrill and Kulikov don't get traded for somebody during the season or during the off season, but I well, think that's what I, that's kind of why I threw Addison into the trade. I mean, we have so many defensemen, man. I mean, there's just, I mean, obviously we could probably get more, and I I, I ain't gonna lie to the listeners. I threw that trade together last second there. <laughs> sure we could probably get a little more if we threw Addison and Fiala there. I, I maybe another prospect, maybe. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, I think if you have you oh, add so, in okay. Addison, I think you definitely have right. to add in something because I think I think it's I think you definitely get Fiala for seven. I think you do that straight up. I think everybody says yes. If you do Fiala for seven in tyranny, I think Ottawa still says yes. If you add in either a prospect or another pick, I think uh, I think they say I think both teams okay. say yes. And How about this? You- Kevin Fiala, Kalen Addison to the Senators seven. Second and Christian. They throw in a second round pick because it wasn't Addison a second round. Couldn't tell you. He wasn't our pick. He was Pittsburgh's pick. Oh, I know. I know. I I know. I just am saying, like, I have no idea where they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Um that 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 one's interesting to me a little bit more. I think I would still rather have Kalen Addison, especially because he's so I do think that he's like so close uh to playing yeah, 53rd but, overall. Um yeah. So there you go. Right where the wild took Jack Pert, <laughs> who yeah. is going to be up in a few years too, and Carson Lambos. So we definitely got defensemen waiting in the wings as well. So it's going to be a log jam. And we are starting to add some size too, though. That's a good thing. Right. So. Um. All right. What about so your my, second one? My next. Uh, my next one is. I think it's going to be something like Kevin Fiala and Adam Beckman to the Kings for uh, Alex Turcotte. And their first round pick, which I think is like pick like 22, 21, something like that. It's a couple picks ahead of us. So we would basically then have two top 25-ish picks. Um, I think Fiala, it makes a lot of sense for the Kings. 
Um, the Turcoat is basically Philip Dano light, you know, which also, you know, then it, does he fill into like kind of a Jules and Eckerl? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but he already, like they already have who they want there for that spot. They definitely don't want to backpedal, uh, after a pretty good year this year where a lot of their young guys started to play well, but they still don't really have that like legit scoring threat. And they have a bunch of cap space because of like Dustin Brown coming off the books and, and all that. Um, so yeah, we give them two guys that, you know, Beckman is probably a year or two away from contributing at a major level, but I do think that he will be able to contribute at some point um, as like a middle six forward type of guy. And then obviously we've seen Kevin Fiala and what he can do supposedly, I don't really put a ton of uh, faith into this, but I have heard that um, Kevin Viala, part of what he's looking for in his uh, next team is, is an opportunity to play on the top line. And I think that that actually could probably work for, uh, you know, for the Kings. I think that would, you know, you roll out a top line of like Victor Arvidsson, Anze Kopitar, Kevin Viala next year. And then you have your second line, you know, with like Dustin Brown. Oh, well, Dustin Brown's retired. Uh, you could have your second line of like Philip uh, or Quentin Byfield, uh, Grunstrom, and Ayafalo. And then you put um, Philip Still Dano. Still got Dano too, yeah. Well, you put Philip Dano in there in your like third role, kind of like how we do with Jewel Erickson Eck in the grief line. So I think I think that's actually a pretty good top nine at that point. Yeah, um, which uh, to to – on the Wilds uh, point, that's why losing Fiala may not hurt as bad as everyone thinks. You've got that third line that's still together, that still shuts down everybody. So, I mean, it, they're not going anywhere, and you still have your top – I mean, you still have your top line on the team, your your highest scoring line. You still have Matt Boldy, and we still have a little bit of cap space to maneuver. One of these players we're going to discuss here in a little yeah. bit, maybe. Before, actually, let's let's get into that. I do have one other hypothetical thing that I'm going to throw out. It it didn't exactly fit the spirit. Of the, it fits the spirit of the exercise, but not necessarily the uh, the exact rules of the exercise. But um, we've heard Jeff Merrick specifically, but we've heard a lot of people talk about offer sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, could that happen? Would it happen? So, what if instead of throwing out uh, in, instead of your idea where they, they send a first, a second, and Chris Tierney, what if they offer sheet him? The Ottawa Senators offer sheet Kevin Fiala for seven years for an AAV of, let's call it $8.2 million or $8.5 million. It gives Kevin the money that he wants, gives him a max deal, and it shows the Senators faithful, all those sickos over there, that Eugene Melnick is no longer just like, you know, got his like grip on the purse strings. It opens yeah. everything up. It shows them like, hey, we're willing to spend they need to spend money because they're, you know, so dangerously close to the cap floor. And then all of a sudden, you know, now they're actually looking like a pretty competitive team. Yeah. The Sens fans would get sensed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that that actually could happen. You know, if, if, Oh yeah. I could definitely like an offer sheet. 8.2, eight and a half, somewhere in there. And then, so then the return on that would be a, their first, second and third. Whew. Whew. That'd be hot. <laughs> I think I think it could happen. Yeah. Hey, that would be very nice. I'd be very excited if that was the case. And if they sign him for first being the seven, correct? Correct. And if they sign him for less than eight point two, like that. If they sign him for less than eight point two, I think it would be just a first and a second. Which, like, okay, cool. Which still, dude, you the seventh pick. I'm telling you, in this draft is is 
a solid pick. No, that's yeah, exactly. I'm not saying you're going to get like an instant star, but this, I mean, we got Marco Rossi at nine for Christ's sakes. Oh, you know what? I lied. Uh, anything under eight point, anything under 8.11 uh, is a first, second, and third. Anything over 8.2 is two firsts, a second, and a third. So it'd be their first, second, third this year, and then their first next year. Oh, good God. Yes. So yeah, uh, give them, me? Get, Hey, you know what? Let's, we love Kevin Fiala. That man deserves to get paid so much money. Just like an obscene, like honestly, whatever team, cause like Pay him you know, nine and a half, please. Get, uh, yeah. Honestly, give Kevin Ten. Fiala, get, match the Kirill Kaprizov deal. You know, hey, let's like, do it. they are equal players in every capacity. Uh, and like, if they had played together, they would have been the first, if they had played on the same line, you know, with, uh, oh, God. just hear me out, hear me out. If they had played on the same line this year, uh, we would have seen the Minnesota wild have the first ever 300 point player. Like that's how good that offensive line would have been. <laughs> oh my God. You know, you, you, that cracks me up because for two and a half years, I've seen nothing more from, and I'm going to word this nicely. Cause I almost just like, this has been an awful way to say it. I have seen, I'll just say the casual hockey fan time and time again say, oh God, we need Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov on the same line. And I'm just going to like, no, we don't. You no, don't. The best, you I mean, look at our first line with a 36-year-old or 34-year-old, Matt Zuccarello, who everyone said it's the end of his career. What a horrible signing. And this man almost, if he plays the whole season, would have broke the franchise record of 82 points in a season with the Wild playing in a line with Kirill Kaprizov. Would Fiala have done more? Probably, obviously, but you had a second line that was just as good as our first most nights when they were rolling. Didn't show up in the playoffs, but it, you know, you get my point. You don't need to play those two on the same line. That was funny, though. Also, Kevin Fiala is just so handsome. Don't you want him to be a part of your team? Would you say he's the most handsome athlete in the state, or would you put Max Kepler above him? Oh, man, that's close. That is a man rocket showdown. That is, ooh, man, that is. And I know if I I could ask my girlfriend, but I already know what her answer would be. It's Kepler, isn't it? It's Kepler, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. (laughs) Oh, man, that's tough. Kepler is a rocket. I sent her a text the other day when I was coming home from uh, work when Kepler had his, uh, I think he doubled to get to second uh, against the Royals or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, Max Kepler is hot. I just saw I saw that video, I think, after that same <laughs> game where he was in the locker room talking about how, like, you know, they're, the team is playing loose this year and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually don't know what he said because the whole time I was just staring he's at just him. He's staring like, at him. He's, he's so beautiful. What a beautiful a fucking man. man. Yes. Oh, my God. And Kevin Fiala, equally handsome. It's just yes. smoke show. He would probably – I think he would definitely be the hottest man in Ottawa. Oh yeah. I mean, like, sorry, like, don't get me wrong. Ottawa ladies. He is very much not single. His wife is lovely. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the folks in Ottawa who appreciate an attractive man could definitely, uh, like to boost up their, their man rockets per 60 by adding Kevin Fiala. To their, <laughs> their line. It definitely would boost, boost them up a little, but uh, let's so, talk a little bit. A little yeah. bit here about a wish list because we're gonna go. The off season's a long off season. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about, but we have three names here that I know one of them Dev doesn't agree with me, but two of them for sure would work out with the cap, and the yeah. third one it'd be a question mark. So, so for reference too, the the Wild have about 
eight million dollars in cap space. I think it's nine, but yes, I think eight. it's a little. It's a little. It's 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 like a little anyway. south of nine, a little it's, bit. Yeah, it's like I think it's like eight point four. Um, but uh, they with that money they need to they're going to uh sign Middleton, and they probably are going to uh, and they're going to sign Middleton and Dewar for sure. Like Billy G has basically said that for sure, and then they're probably going to also do one of either Deloria or Flurry, Flurry. Um, or if they don't do Flurry, then they'll do a backup goalie. So with that being said, I think that we'll have around six million dollars for like a free agent. Okay. So that's that's where without moving anyone else too. Assume yeah, and like you know, there's probably yeah. going to be other moves. I mean we talked about you know, Galagasi probably won't be, but we talked about like Kulikov, Merrill. It'll probably, there probably will be a move, but assuming that there's no other moves, we'll have roughly $6 million. So with that being said, why don't you introduce the, uh, introduce the list that, uh, that you. Okay. So these are just three names that, you know, intrigued me a little bit. We got Nick Paul from Tampa, who's having himself a great playoff run here. Uh, Ricard Raquel. Mm-hmm. From previously in Anaheim. And the third one, which is playing himself right out of our range as we as we as we speak, um, Andrew Kopp. Yeah. Which, if the season would have ended and they missed the playoffs, whew, that would have been a very, very, very good ad for the team. That would have been fun. Uh I will, nine say, goals in the I will so say is- <laughs> so a little inside baseball here. Zooch mentioned to me that we should sign Andrew Kopp after game two of the Rangers hurricane Cedar series. Yes, I did. And since then he has, I think two goals, three assists. Yep. yep. And, um, he is. And just, one of the goals was an absolute beauty to put him up by three. Uh, uh, last night as we're recording two nights ago, as you're listening. So, and then the other was a game winner. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, 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 Everybody, you know, they always say you probably don't lose a ton of money in the playoffs. You definitely do lose some, but like we talked about it in the pre-show, look at Marcus Johansson. I mean, that man had several like mediocre regular seasons in a row, but he still signed a couple of contracts because everybody remembers how much of a baller he was in the playoffs. (laughs) And I think Andrew Kopp right. is doing the exact same thing. Although he was actually pretty good. He's he's a good player. Yes, Andrew Kopp is a good player, but he still has eclipsed a hundred a hundred points. Christ, he's never even come close to that. Yeah, I was like, anyway, man. Points one singular time. Okay. And I realize he's been injured a little bit. And I realize this year is his best season he's played. Yeah. So that season he's done it in. So with that being said, I don't know how realistic it is, but if there's anyone that can swing a deal like that, I Gotta believe it's uh, Billy G, and who knows? Maybe this taste of playoff success with the Rangers makes him take a look over here in Minnesota and go, "Huh, wonder what they got going on over there." Or maybe, maybe. He says, "Hey, I'm going to stick with uh, the team of Marty <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm not saying it's 100 percent likely, but that would be a very good I at one or two C for sure, in my opinion. But I don't know. It's a devs. The more he plays well in the playoffs the higher that AAV is going to be and the less likely that the wild are going to be able to sign him. But I still think he's going to be a little lower than dev thinks he's going to go. for. And that's probably true. My other concern though is term. 
So like, yes, we have a pretty strong pipeline and like, obviously you always want to bolster it with, um, you know, more and more centers, but you have a pretty decent pipeline for centers. Um, right. So what you don't want to have happen and we have, and we have X signed for seven more years after this, you know, this is, I think the first year of his eight year deal that or the extension kicks in after. So anyway, we've got X for the rest of the decade. And, uh, I imagine that we'll try and keep Hartsey after his contract is up next year. Uh, yeah, pr- probably not at the ridiculously low number that he's got still, but maybe, um, that being said, you know, do you sign? Cause you assume that you won't break up the grief line. So do you sign cop with the assumption that he's going to be your two C to Marco's eventual one C in like, if you, cause most free agents are probably going to sign, you know, five, five plus long year deals, especially cause I think cop is what, 28, 29. I believe so. He's so like, this actually, is his... no, he's 27. Okay. That's I not bad. So no, he could and potentially... honestly, so this you actually sign him to a six year deal. That's not. <laughs> well, I was going to say it could potentially work where he signs a three year deal because three, then he six, can still get I mean, one more payday. Right. He's only Well, that's what I was saying initially too, which a three year deal sign him right around 5.5 to six. I think that might work. I would but, do that. I just don't think that he does. We'll no, I don't think he does either. And, and that's Paul, the part of it. Nick Paul is an interesting one because he is also having one hell of a playoffs, but he doesn't really have the same he also, pedigree. Exactly. And that's that's my thing. He he reminds me of the Verhage kind of deal yeah, with that's like, a good comparison. Stuck got stuck in the bottom six or whatever. But you know, produces I mean Blake Coleman's another one. Blake Coleman's had a good strong year for the for the Flames. The Flames. Yeah. So these these Tampa guys they're not bad options if you're a playoff team looking to get a little better no I like I like the Nick the Nick Paul I hadn't it works. considered him but you 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 put his name out there my my like a light bulb immediately went off for me I was like oh I kind of like this it I have works. no idea what his actual like numbers are or or he had um, 16 goals 16 assists this season in 70 games nice yeah that's pretty good and honestly, I think anyone you put in between, you saw it with Ryan Hartman. I'm not saying Ryan Hartman is a bad player. I'm not saying Ryan Hartman isn't skilled. Look at him pre Caprizov and Zuccarillo and look at him with them. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. If Ryan Hartman is a 4C or wherever you end up having him in that lineup. Could you imagine Ryan Hartman with Duhame and Delorier or whoever the hell you have in that fourth line? That's a great fourth line. Dewey's really in the cool. Hartman. Yeah, Dewey's in the Hartman. I mean, there you go. That line would be instant fucking content. You got that would be that would maybe be the funniest line that the Minnesota Wild would <laughs> yeah. ever put together. I mean Hartsey hey. and the Deweys, that's what we'd call yes, it. Yes, Hartsey and the Deweys. I really like that. Um God, now I want this to happen. <laughs> I do too. I, I really like that option. But the other one on here is Ricard Raquel, who is very skilled. He's a very good player. Yeah. He's had strong seasons before. He might Let's see. I think he could get, you could probably get Ricard Raquel. What do you think? Mid five, maybe a little lower. See you all, My concern is you always have to, you always have to uh, assume that you're going to overpay because it's a UFA, you know, you're going to, you're going to bid on everybody. Um, his current deal is like 3.8 or something like that. So his, um, I would think, and I don't know this for sure, but I would think that he's going to, command at least five and a half on the open market um he is 29 
and uh, he's had some strong seasons, man. He's, he's had some strong seasons, but I think. But those were in the past, also. 2017, 2018 was six points. And he, and he but he was really good for the playoffs six. before he got hurt. It's true. He was or, uh, I, the the playoffs. He was really good with the Penguins before he got. And hurt. he also had 13 points in 19 games with Anaheim. And I lied. He. Oh no, I didn't lie. Never mind. You went. He only had 41 points this year, 42. My math is so bad right now. So, and I'm saying only as if you put him in between. Like I said, these are people that that are are skilled. That if you put in between these top two guys we have on this first line. Put in between other skilled guys, yeah. They're going to produce. I'm not saying a point per game, even though I do think Raquel, he was almost a point per game. Here's the the other thing with Raquel that – probably should mention but like he's I, th- I feel like he's had the majority of his success on the wing i know he has taken face-offs but i think he's considered a winger yeah well so is hartman fair enough hartman is definitely considered a wing. he was a he was a wing through through and through that's why i don't know yeah this is i'm excited man i i we said this last off season when we deep dove like free agent options the wild are deep and they have players and they have you know, I think the Wild are set again for next season. They're going to be just, if not, at, they're not. They're not going to be, you know, a top two, three Presidents Trophy contender. Right. They're going to be just as good as they were this year. They're going to battle for the probably the second place. I don't see Colorado going anywhere either. I mean, yeah. I, I, having McKinnon on the books for six and a half mil per, it's just fucking unfair. That's just not fair. They've only got another year of that left, though, I think. That is true, and they are going to have to pay him. That's why, what did I say? I think after next season, Colorado is definitely going to hit a little bit of a decline. They're going to have a tough time keeping everyone they have. They have just an absurd amount of fucking players in the, in the wings that they are able to keep because McKinnon signed such a friendly deal in his first time. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely – there's going to be a lot there. Um, so, yeah, listener, we ask you – before we get to our wild takes, what do you think of these trade scenarios for Kevin Fiala and these potential targets in free agency? We'll uh, we'll touch more on them, but uh, send us what you think and um, and let us know. Go check us out mainly on Twitter at Wild Takes Ten K. Uh, so that is uh, just about going to do it for us on this episode of the Wild Takes podcast. But before we go, we are going to end the show the way we end every single other show by giving our wild takes. I'm going to go first specifically because uh, I just, I want to make Zooch blush before he gives his and um, yeah, I'll get, I'll get the picture. Zuch, too, yeah, can, please. Uh, while I'm, while I'm uh, doing this, please go <laughs> grab, please go grab the prop and uh, we'll post this video on, we'll post this video on Twitter here. Um, so go check it out. Or if you're listening to the video podcast version, you can definitely do that as well. Drink it in. Look at that. Look at, see what's on your screen right now. This beautiful painting of the uh twin cities area was yes. painted by none other than tatum zooch's girlfriend who is beautiful isn't it beautiful it is it is lovely and i gotta tell you my wild take is that tatum is the best artist in the state of minnesota and if you don't commission her to paint you something that you need painted you're just a big fat dummy that's my wild take so yeah suck on that haters <laughs> it also covers up the hideous Hideous. I think it's a gorgeous uh, beer pyramid I had built back there. She <laughs> covered up with that. But I think the picture is more beautiful. So, you know, it's great. 
hopefully she paints a few more. We're going to fill the, because I know Spoke Z was talking about how my room makes me look like a serial killer. Because yeah, the, creepy, the creepy lights off definitely doesn't help. Well, no. See, I'm pretty sure he was talking about my Snoop Dogg picture up in the corner. And he also was talking about... Okay. So Tatum's younger sister painted us... Um, scream. Oh, so it runs in the family. It does run in the family. She painted us Scream, and it's actually a really good picture as well. I'm going to grab this one, too. Yeah, because... no, okay. Okay. Second wild take, Tatum's sister is the second best artist in the state of Minnesota. And if you want oh, to it's Ghostface, sorry. I mean, weirdly enough, I knew exactly what you meant when you said she painted us a scream. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Ghostface kill it. No, that's great. No, it's great. And actually, in the light, he's got a hood. Whatever. That's fun. That's another great picture. I mean, we're in a horror movie. chucks it back onto the bed. <laughs> it's on the bed. She won't mind. Um, but yeah, so painting definitely runs in uh, my girlfriend's family, and I couldn't be happier for it. I'd love to fill my house with paintings. Love paintings. Um, awesome. Zooch, what's your wild take? My wild take is only here for one reason and one reason only. It's to piss Packer fans off because football season is, I'm not going to say right around the corner, but it, it'll come up before you know it, like every other there. season. The Packers are going to finish behind the Detroit Lions. In 2020. Now this is a wild take. Yes, it is. Why? Because why the hell not? (laughs) North is going to be an absolute shit show next season. I think uh, Chicago. Here's Chicago, right? Mm For everybody that's listening, listening, (laughs) uh, his visual was Chicago at the very bottom. And then every other team is tied for first at the very, very top. Yeah, I, I don't think the Lions are as bad as everyone's putting them on to be. They're the all, Lions are going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, and everyone hates on Dan Campbell, but man, I, he knows how to get his guys motivated, and I, I'll give him that. I think they got a decent offensive line. Decent? I think they got enough around uh, uh, Jared Goff, who's a, fir- a, few, eh, a former fir- First overall pick who isn't as awful as everyone puts on to be. I mean, he's like fine player, you know, but the Lions aren't going to win the Super Bowl, but they're fine. No, but they'll be fine. And I think the Packers are going to be a lot worse than everyone thinks. I also think that the Lions on hard knocks this year is going to be. Oh my God. Must see TV. Yes. Now, does that say the Packers don't win the division and choke in the first round of the playoffs again? No. Hey, now they don't choke in the first round. They usually oh, choke. Yeah, in, sorry, they sorry. usually choke sorry. in the the the, the, the NFC uh, championship, championship or divisional or the yeah. divisional. I mean, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Packer fans. I don't want to upset. Gotta you. gotta slander them correctly. Yeah, slander them correctly. By the way, Packer fans, how was that uh, losing to forty to the Forty ers without an offensive touchdown? That was pretty awesome to watch. But um, yeah, I just I don't know, man. Lions, Packers, they're kind of two of the same to me this year. I think wow. they. They lost Devontae Adams, man. That was the <laughs> that was their offense right there. That was literally what they did time and I'm, time. Don't get me wrong. I am thoroughly, I am so excited to watch the impending Packers implosion in I just don't think it's gonna happen this year. I think it's gonna be next year. But we'll see. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it could easily be next season. I just I hope it's this season. No, listen, hey, the name of the game is Wild <laughs> Takes and That is a wild one. Wild takes did you not did you give? Wow. Um, we so, are awful yeah. with the English at the end of this pod. That's, yeah, that's, we're getting delusional. <laughs> so that is uh, definitely the time for us to head out. As always, thank you for listening to the Wild Takes podcast presented by 10,000 Takes.
go give us a follow on social media at wild takes 10 K and make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10 K stuff as well, especially our new gambling side of things, 10,000 stakes. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. That's a win-win for you. And remember, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Racism sucks. Racism sucks. Racism sucks. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of this goddamn shit. Tired of these centuries of motherfucking racism. Put it to an end. 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 Take your preconceptions that you have up in your damn heart. You take them out of your heart, you put them on the table. Consider that shit. Consider that shit. Let go of that shit. Let go of that shit. What's the matter? Honey? I have a terrible feeling. About what? That we didn't do something. Ah, now you feel that way because we left in such a hurry. We took care of everything. Believe me, we did. Did I turn off the coffee? No. I did. Did you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? That's it. I forgot to close the garage. That's it. No, that's not it. What else could we be forgetting?